Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. As always, we're your hosts, Ryan Gerard and Rick Grunwald. Rick, how you doing? What's up, Ryan? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just uh, just hanging out, just chilling. Uh, another week of us doing a, a remote podcast away from each other while around the holidays. Um, but of course, you know, making sure that we actually get one out. So I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, having a bit of a pseudo recovery week this week. Um, still kind of on top of it, just doing a, like slightly less. And then next week we are actually planning on having like a pretty full on recovery week. Um, I think I'm going to do mostly like Zwift racing next week. And then like, we're, instead of doing like two a day workouts, we're going to just focus on doing one workout a day. So I'm really looking forward to that being a holiday weekend and having the recovery week. Also, it's the end of our like month long challenge. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, for sure, dude. Like holidays are such a great time to just build in a little bit of natural break. Um, I actually just got, I kind of just came off of like a nice little rest week that I had. So it was just good to like, you know, kind of come down from, I I was kind of starting to feel like pretty, pretty tired from like a training block that I was doing. So it was just nice to get a little bit of break for that. And then with the holidays coming up, I've actually, uh, I'm not really just, doing a lot i guess through thanksgiving just you know because of covid and stuff so you know i'll be able to probably get some good training in uh maybe see the family on thanksgiving and stuff like that but uh yeah all in all i mean it's been a pretty good fall so far for just getting some good training in but i think you guys you guys lined it up pretty good you know like if you're going to take some time off like make it around the holidays when you you don't have to worry about getting your uh your workouts in or your training in yeah you know the biggest thing for us is since we've We've decided to stay home over Thanksgiving, so we're just doing Thanksgiving together, Anna and I. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, just with uh, COVID and stuff, and, you know, our family are all kind of in different spots right now, Um, so we've all kind of decided to take Thanksgiving apart, and then we're hoping to get back together for Christmas, so Anna and I are really just hanging out next weekend, which is, like, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. We don't get to see our families and stuff. But at the same time, like, I haven't had a four-day weekend where I had nothing planned for a very long time. Yeah. And I guess I guess I'm actually really excited for that aspect of it. It's certainly nice. I mean, I know every family's different. I know, like, just with things going on around the holidays, like, it, they end up being more stressful than, than, I don't know, just taking like, you know, four days, just kind of relaxed. You're not working. You're just hanging out, eating some good food. So, you know, it is a double-edged sword, right? Like you don't get to see your family, but you know, it's a weird year and you got to just make, make do with what you got and what you got is just going to be a nice chill holiday. So not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. So I think next week I might try at least for like the four days off, I might try to do like you know, get a, like a run in one day and then a swim and then a bike workout, like do one, one thing a day and then maybe get like a 20 minute Zwift race in, you know? Yeah, just absolutely. And speaking of Zwift race, so have you been, uh, I mean, I've seen bow, 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 bow. Segway master over here. Um, obviously Ryan, you've been doing, you've been doing some Zwift racing. I've been doing some Zwift racing. Have you actually been substituting a lot of your like structured bike workouts for swift races now or are you still working in some structured bike workouts i'm gonna reel this back in really get it. another one of these in where's the we have our first e-race victory 
under our belts That's... by our very own Rick Grunewald. Yeah, boy. Let's give a thank you. Thank you. Claps in the chat. It Claps was, in the chat. It was a big day. I will say that I put my hands up in the air and and properly dabbed upon crossing the line. So it was definitely a uh, you know it was a big day for me. I haven't won a bike race in a really long time, actually. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's literally I have I don't think I've won a bike race since 2016, which yeah, crazy. And so you know what? I'm gonna take that win. I'm gonna take it. I got a I got a good jump, and I I won a sprint finish and a B grade crit on Zwift. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. I saw you. So I actually I w- will be honest. I thought I was going to win that race. And then I realized I went way too early. And then I saw, I think, two or three people pass me near the finish line. And then I saw you fly by everyone. Yeah. So there's something that I think I'm starting to realize in Zwift racing. You know, like, where's the worst place to be in the Peloton at a sprint, right? It's, like, behind everybody. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Zwift racing is you don't really have to worry about, like, making your way through the field. So what I did is I kind of started towards the back and I started to generate a lot of my power. So I was basically continuing to draft off everybody. And by the time I hit the front, I was just hauling. So I just was able to open up a really big gap because I actually started my sprint like farther back in the field, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, again, don't do that in real bike racing. It won't work. But like in Zwift bike racing, it actually worked pretty well. And and with that race too, like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. It's not like you're going to say something. I, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I actually really like, and we, this is kind of going to go a little bit off topic. That's fine. So we'll kind of, we'll kind of curb it. We'll roll. But I really, I really like how Zwift racing isn't real racing. I do too. I a hundred percent agree with you. And Ryan, so why why we, do you like that? I don't well, I let's let's put a pin in it. Let's let's come back to it yeah. after. Okay. Let's uh finish off. So what? Yeah. What happened? What happened? Yeah. So uh, to to preface this, um, I took a rest week. I actually was doing. I wouldn't say I was doing a ton of training, but I was doing a lot of really like I was doing a lot of Zwift races and I was so like hours wise, it wasn't huge, but I was doing a lot of super intense uh, workouts on the bike with Zwift racing. And then I've actually also been doing a lot of weightlifting, which I actually think has really helped just being able to like generate like really short bursts of power. So kind of this like perfect storm of like I did all that training. I took a really solid rest week. And then I, even when we were just like sitting in the staging area and I was warming up, you ever have those days where like your legs feel so good. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I already knew I was like, I'm absolutely going to have like a good race, but you know, like little did I know it was going to be that good. So I was pretty stoked to, you know, essentially, I mean, we, so I guess to explain what we did, uh, we, you and I, and then along with, uh, your brother, listener of the podcast, Matt, uh, every Wednesday we've been doing a crit. So we did the crit around the Champs-Elysees. Um, yeah, yeah, you got it. Circuit, which is about 10 miles. So the race was a, about 20 minutes long. And um, it's like pretty flat, except there's one like, like false flat kind of hill on the backside of the course. And it pretty much all stayed together for the entire race, which, which kind of worked out pretty nicely. Like nobody was able to like really ride off the front. It just ended up being like a giant bunch sprint. And I, uh, I just timed it really well at the end and it was able to, to get the win. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I thought that race went pretty well. That felt harder than my first race 
that I so I I typically do two races back to back. Yeah, that felt that felt harder than my first race, but I did less watts or like watts per kilogram. Mm. I think the biggest thing is because half that is like a steady uphill. Yeah, which is like we were doing like 4.5 to 5 watts per kilogram yep. all the way up that like steady uphill yeah which is the hardest part if you can make it up that hill like you you can make it the rest of the course because yeah. it's mostly downhill yeah and, and i found that like that part of the course like so positioning in zwift is also kind of weird right because mm-hmm. you just want to be you only really need to be like close to the front in areas where it's potentially going to split and that was really the only yeah. spot on that course where it was potentially going to split. So each lap, I basically just went on or close to the front up the climb and just held yeah. up steady. And I saw you when I when we were racing, I saw you were right there too. So like you, yeah. you're doing the same thing. Like just get to the front. If you need to drift back, you've got a little bit of um, uh, slack that you can kind of drift back, and like you're not going to get dropped. That's like the I think that's the meta of that map. Yeah, you know, I always notice too that the guys that are, like, the last person who's, like, kind of getting dropped, if you're – somehow that guy always is the one who gets the burrito, which, for those who don't know, the burrito is no draft. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten stuck behind a few of those before, and it's, like, the worst because he's already getting dropped. Yeah. but But then you are technically already dropped, and so you're getting zero draft while everyone – it's like everyone like 10 feet ahead of you has draft. So you're putting in way more effort, but you're not going as fast. And that is like the worst spot to be in. So that's like why you want to be like, you know, like top five, which isn't hard to do. No, you, you automatically move up and back. So it's not hard to move up in a Zwift race, but Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit surgy where I feel like I kind of go over a little bit and then try to dial it back. Yeah. Like you just do, you try to do just slightly more than everyone. There's a, a Zwift racing. It's the art of timing your power so that yeah. when you need to, when it gets really hot and it starts getting kind of harder, you're not putting in so much power where it shoots you to the front of the field and then you've got to let off and then you got to like reapply that power. Like you've just got to really learn how to apply the power in the Peloton and then you'll kind of figure out like, Oh, I only have to like, even though I'm like starting to drift back a little bit, I only have to wick it up like 5% and I'll like make contact with the, the, the back of the field. And then you'll just kind of like, you know, um, do your thing. Uh, sorry, Ryan, one, one second. My cat is, uh, clawing in my door. I have to let her. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll talk then. Yeah. Um, I feel like what, what I'm really realizing is, and honestly, I'm going, I'm going to keep Zwift. So I think my Zwift subscription ends this next week. I'm going to keep it. Whoa, that's that's different. That's not what you said you were going to do last time we talked. Yeah, I think I'm I'm really falling for the racing. Absolutely. I, after doing a few races, so the first few races, they were a little lackluster. But now that I'm figuring it out, it to me, it feels like... A video game like you yeah you I, was, I was gonna say like you're actually playing the game it's it's kind of like um i mean anybody that plays video games would probably be able to relate to this when you play online 
generally the game is not played exactly the way that like the creators of the game intended it to be played if you're catching my drift there's usually mm-hmm. what's called like a um uh, a, meta. a meta so the meta is more of an explanation of more of like a, akin to like how people actually play the game because there's a strategic advantage so in zwift kind of like what ryan and i were just talking about you're really better off kind of timing the application of your power you want to make sure that you're like knowing the maps and knowing how to like you know if there's a split in the group just being able to like time that and there's also a couple other nuances but if you're coming like we did from a purely bike racing background, it is wildly different than how you'd race a traditional bike race. Am I not wrong, Ryan? Yeah, I actually read an article uh, and it was, they were interviewing, I think Jonathan Vodders and they compared it more to like a 10 K running race than to bike racing. Yeah. Because in some of the shorter running races, there are drafting dynamics. So, like, there is, like, yeah. a lead group. You have to stay with that group. And that's very similar to Zwift. Like, there is a draft, and it works, but you can't rely on it. To, it's not like in a crit where, like, you could technically ride in a flat, wide-open crit with, like, rolling corners. You could probably ride in, like, a, easily a, a pro 1-2 field without putting out a lot of power. Like, like, Gateway Cup was a good example. You know, like, you could go do that race, and it's not going to be that hard because you hardly have to, like, pedal your bike that's how strong the drafting effect is with zwift it's kind of like you get a little bit of a benefit um but even even with zwift there's parts of the course where you actually you're better off just being on the front than you are even trying to draft people yeah you know i think the key word is pace yes it's more about finding that pace than it is about finding the draft and actually zwift does have uh I don't want to see say great, but I don't want to see say it's bad. Like it's it's fine. The the physics of it, of the draft is actually not terrible. No, it's really not. You get it's like it's like twenty five to thirty percent, and especially on like a like a crit or like the Champs Elysees rate. like you can. I I think like down the entire back stretch stretch, I was doing like two hundred fifty watts, and we were going pretty fast, like thirty miles per hour or something. So I think. It, it, it's it's a lot about pacing than it is about you know strategy of bike racing mm-hmm. and then the strategy comes in with like the power-ups and like the, the surges and like watching what other people are doing you know being able to see the watts per kilogram of other people so if someone's going up the road you can see their watts per kilogram and you got to know i gotta match that yes it's it's just different in a way that i like yeah i i think you really nailed it it's just it's a lot different. You've got to learn how to play it before you can actually play the game. Um, yeah. Some, something that I've yet to see, and I, I'm, I'm honestly not even sure if this is really a thing, and I'm interested to get your perspective, are breakaways a thing in Zwift? Because from, yes. from what I, every single race that I've done, there are there's only one type of breakaway to stick that ever works, and it's one guy is absolutely way too strong to be racing that category. He goes on a breakaway and eventually just gets like relegated. And, and if there's a breakaway in my experience, it's just one dude that's like really, really strong and he just can stay away. That's, that's kind of my experience. So I'm interested. Yeah, I would, I would more, I wouldn't say breakaways. I would say splits in the group. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that where you get to a point where somebody, somebody attacks Mm -hmm. and then, 
whoever can catch up to him, that's the new group. It's like it's almost more yeah. like an elimin- uh, excuse me, an elimination race. Yeah, and I I actually like that. I I almost prefer it because then then the game is more about not being dropped and staying with that front group than it is about getting into a breakaway. Yeah, or you can even if you get pretty good at it too. Um, and I've I've even not saying I'm good at Zwift racing, but I'm starting to be able to like game the maps a little bit more where I know where like I know what to do in order to like work work a tough section to my advantage. And a good example of that is um Crit City is a great great example of that. So like like Ryan, I mean you've done Crit City. What are the two hardest parts on Crit City? Uh there's a cobble section that goes into an uphill climb and then there's like a dirt section yeah exactly so that cobbled section specifically um that's where people tend to put like really hard attacks in on that cobble section and and Mm -hmm. sprint after that because it's just like a a big like snake you know like the whole field is getting strung out and then people are getting dropped the thing that i've found is like okay if i'm going to put an effort in i'm going to go flying into that cobbled section and then it's going to put me off the front slightly. And then I can just hold, instead of having to do 400 watts to not get dropped, I can just hold 300 watts and let everybody catch up to me and just chill off the front for a second. And then, boom, if there's a split, I'm in the split. And I really did not have to do that much work. So stuff like that, like knowing the map, and not only knowing the map, but knowing the tough se- sections, and then knowing how, like what is your best strategical move when it comes to handling those tough sections. Yeah, and especially at the end of the race, and I think where I lack is the end of the race right now, mm. and I'm trying to figure yeah. out what is the best way to win. And and Ryan, because... I think that's very hard for you to do because when it comes to real life bike racing, that's your strength is you're really good at finishing a bike race. Like you're you've got a great sprint and you're really good at like surfing the front of the field and like finding wheels. And I, I, and this is just like my, my opinion, I I'm sure it's really hard for you to like completely break that mindset. Cause it's such a strength for you. Yeah. And yeah, like we said, it's so different. You can't like, you can't just wait. Right. Like I, you, you have to be the one to like initiate like the, the sprint yeah. or it, I almost don't even I, call it a sprint. I, I almost, I would almost say that like one minute attack. Cause yeah. I feel like that's what like the sprint is. It's a one minute attack. Yeah. I think you, but it's, I don't know, I, but you also have to like save your power-ups for the end. Hope that you get a good power-up. Like if you, if you're on crit city, like the featherweight won't really help you in the sprint. Right. Right. But it will, it will help you going up that fight, that uh, cobblestone climb that might tire you out for the sprint. So if you're, you can save a little bit there. So then you do have a little bit extra for the sprint. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. I think with, and this is from watching, watching a lot of races and, and kind of knowing like how I've lost races. You're right. It's like a one minute drag race is kind of the sprint and you don't want to be the first. It's not like you're surfing wheels. Like you, you don't want to be the first or maybe the second, but you're probably best off being like the third person to go because if after that first person launches, if you can launch pretty close to the first couple people that get off the front, you're surfing a draft as you're catching up to them. And then after that, once they fade, you just get to rocket past them doing the same Watts as they're dying. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's just like, it's all timing. It's not, none of it's really positioning. You just have to make sure that you're not too far back, like out of contention kind of back, but yeah, it's, it's just a weird, 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 uh, uh, way to finish a race. And it's definitely the hardest way to like, it's the hardest part about Zwift racing is like, how do you, if it's a big group, okay, how am I going to time this? And how am I going to watch everybody to make sure that like, I really nail it and I, I use my power up and, and I'm in a good spot. So another thing, I didn't know that you, you're supposed to get out of the saddle when you sprint because I've never sprinted out of the saddle on my trainer before. It is. I'm not going to lie. It's scary and I hate doing it. Cause I feel like if there's any way, like, I'm not a big believer that a trainer is bad for your bike. Some people do say that. I, I think it's false. But the only thing that I do think is definitely not good for your bike is um, sprinting out of the saddle in the trainer. It def- like, And I was, like, sprinting really hard. Like, my bike was, like, wobbling back and forth. For a second, I thought I was going to, like, literally fall off my bike. Um, yeah, it, it's really bad. And um, one of our friends, a uh, listener of the show, Tommy – um, he had kind of mentioned that like the way to do it is you got to kind of keep it low cadence. Like there's no way that you're going to keep a high cadence out of the saddle trainer sprint because a high cadence sprint, if you think about when you're on the road, the higher the cadence, the sprint, the more you're bobbing the bike back and forth because your legs are moving so fast. But yeah. if you're on the trainer, the lower you keep the cadence, the more power you can apply smoothly while pedaling through the bike, through the trainer, you're putting probably more power out. Sorry, you're putting less power out than like a higher cadence sprint, but your bike's not going to like, you know, you're not going to like yeet yourself into the wall or something like that. Yeah. And so I'm going to try that next time. And I feel like that might be a bit of a change because I was sprinting in the saddle. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, there's, and there's I wasn't a... hit, I wasn't going over 700 Watts. And I was just like, how, how is Rick hitting 850 <laughs> Watts and I can't hit 700 right now? Yeah. I, I like kind of couldn't believe that I was just waiting. I was waiting for you to blow my doors off. And I was like, just kind of like watching you. And I was like, I, I came, I came by you at one point, just like flying. And like, right when I was about a, a hundred meters from the line, I couldn't like sprint anymore. And I was just waiting for you to like blow by me. Um, and now that might happen now that you're going to try some out of the saddle trainer sprints. Yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping to do a race on Saturday. I'm thinking about doing a race and then like half of my actual workout that I'm going to do. Okay. So, uh, you're welcome to join. Possibly. I'm probably going to do it. I'm probably going to do it around 10 or 11 AM. Nice. So yeah, I might join you. And, and okay. So one thing I, I do want to talk about while we're still on the uh, topic of racing is, the okay so zwift racing a lot of fun it's getting like pretty addictive um you know it's just like a really good way to like get some good training in but we're also like super far away from summer and we're super far away from i don't know like outdoor race season now that there's indoor and outdoor race season so my thoughts are all right do i keep doing all these zwift races because again i'm enjoying it and i still think it's really great training but how how do i balance that with base training do you just not do as many races? Do you go through phases or cycles? Like Ryan, as you being a person that has like some very concrete goals going into 2021 with a lot of the triathlons that you're doing, how are you actually balancing like the high intensity racing versus the maybe a little bit more lower intensity base training that you're supposed to be doing? So I've found that if I do like two 
two races, it's actually pretty similar to doing one like one hour sweet spot training ride. Are you so you're talking I, in terms of training stress? Yeah. Okay. Also, too, like the like when I do a sweet spot ride, it's not too far off from where like we do for the race. So it's actually pretty similar training and so the races are about 40 minutes of doing somewhere around three to 310 watts where my sweet spot intervals are like 280 290 Mm, okay so it's 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 actually pretty similar so i've been actually replacing a sweet spot ride like that with the racing interesting interesting and i've yeah i mean i've over the winter at least like i found i don't think it's taken away from anything and if that's what it takes to keep me motivated, I think the extra motivation is going to go farther than getting in the workout and maybe getting a little burnt out by spring. Hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's kind of this weird balance because um, there's physical fatigue and there's mental fatigue, right? And I think um, racing helps a lot with mental fatigue. It's super fun. It's super engaging. Like I... 10 out of 10 times when I get on the bike, if I have the legs for it, if I'm supposed to be doing a workout of any kind, it's like, absolutely. I'd rather be doing a race. You know, um, the only thing, I guess the one thing that I think about is they're definitely really intense. Like if anybody's ever done a Zwift race, like there's no such thing as an easy Zwift race. You're always just like maxing out. Right. So they definitely are more physically taxing, but I think as long as you're kind of keeping it in check, you know, in my mind, like, if you're doing it two days a week and then the rest of your days are, are moderate to like low intensity training, you're probably fine. And you're probably going to have like a huge benefit from that. I, I think the only time that maybe it creeps into the territory of like, you're probably doing too much is for sure. When you get around like three days that you're doing really hard racing and maybe like four days, I don't know how people do more than four days of racing a week. I think like I would be absolutely dead if I even tried to do that. Well, I think it really depends. If you're not really training for anything, I could easily do a 20 to 25 minute race once a day. Like, I feel like I could, I'd have enough like recovery every single day to do that. Or maybe if, if I'm too fatigued, I just take one day off, but it's also short enough to where it's not too taxing and like, it's super time efficient just doing a 25 minute race, maybe a five minute warm up at the beginning. That's a 30 minute workout. And I, I like if, if you're in that situation, I think that's an awesome way to, you know, stay in shape, have fun while you work out too. Like I'd much rather do a Zwift race than like a cycling class, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a good point, I guess. Like, right. If you're, it, it depends. Like, I guess when I think about like, our like our training like if, if we're putting in like a day of training like we're usually doing like the sh- on the short end like an hour of intensity uh or an hour workout, yeah. and then on like maybe the medium an hour and a half or two and then for like a long day it's usually like three plus hours right but yeah i mean mm-hmm. if you're if you're just using zwift to like not to like keep some semblance of fitness over the winter like yeah that makes sense actually like you could probably do a 20 minute race every single day and not cook yourself because that's uh, uh, not a lot of intensity. It's really actually like a small amount. Um, I, I think my favorite way to work Zwift racing in is to kind of pick, and this is me personally, 
pick like one or two days a week that are like your your race days. Those are like I'm gonna do some Zwift racing, and I like to. And I know you do this too, Ryan. I really like to stack races. So I'll do you know I'll be like okay like I'm I'm doing like some racing today. I want to get a really good workout in. So I'll do uh, like maybe two crits, which that's about um, 40 total minutes of racing, which is very similar to like what we would experience with, you know, a local crit or the way I look at it is that's kind of like two by 20 because each of those efforts is roughly 20 minutes. So that's kind of my recommendation. If you want to work with training in as like your high intensity workout day, like stack them, like do multiple races. Um, Probably the more races you can handle as long as you're spacing out like your other training days is lower intensity or recovery, the better. Yeah. And I found doing a race when, you know, if you do two races and you average 300 Watts, it seems to be a lot easier to average that 300 Watts for 20 minutes in the races than it does, you know, doing it on trainer road. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. You're getting the same, you're getting the same effect, but it's much mentally, it's much easier to arrive at that, destination right Mm -hmm. yeah so ryan we've done um you know like you and i uh, along with some buddies uh we've done a lot of crit races on zwift uh we've done like at least one kind of rolling road race i've done a moderately climby road race um in my mind like i said i'm still having a lot of fun with doing this race thing uh, what are some races that you kind of want to try that you haven't done yet? Or what What are some of the interesting like things on Zwift that you're excited to, to get into? You know, the one thing I want to find is a climbing race. Mm. Like one that just stop, starts at the bottom of like Alp to Zwift and finishes at the top. I haven't found one of those yet. They, they're hard to find for sure. They're, you're yeah. more likely to find one on a weekend. Maybe Maybe a TT. I'd like to try out TT. And, uh, like a series, a series is something else I'd want to try to do. I know we're doing the project echelon series. Unfortunately, we couldn't do the last one, but it looks like I'll be able to do the next one. Nice. So I'm pretty excited the, uh, the RGT tech support did get back to me. They fixed the issue with the Magnus. Awesome. So we should be able to race next week. And yeah, I mean, I really enjoy doing the crit races though. Eight, eight or ten laps, depending if I, on if I do A's or B's. If I do two races, I'll typically do B's, mm-hmm. uh, just because the A's are a bit faster. I'll, the difference is like a 4.2 or 4.4 watt per kilogram race versus like a 4.6 or 4.8. Yeah, I did I did an A race and I got absolutely shattered. I, I made it about like lap seven of ten, and then I just couldn't I couldn't hang anymore. They're definitely a lot more mentally taxing. Yeah. It's it's really about like it. You can do it. I I, I think it's it, it's just like getting past that mental barrier. Yeah. is is what stops. But also too, the race that we did yesterday, we did B's and A's. There were legit continental pros. Yeah. one of which one of which was Jeff Kabush. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting. Who's a yeah? Who's a phenomenal mountain biker? Really strong. But it was really interesting. I was actually looking at the watts per kilogram, and the watts per kilogram between our two races were actually pretty similar. They the A's, they were almost the exact same. The A's didn't get up much higher than um, I think the winning A was maybe like four point four or four point six. Yeah. But 
the guys that were the the power that those guys was putting at were putting out was insane. So like I like I won the race yesterday. And my average power was just under two ninety watts or yeah two hundred ninety watts for twenty two minutes. And in the A's race, the guy that won put out like three hundred and fifty watts, I believe. And we're doing a mm-hmm. flat race, so you've got to think about that too. You know, like aerodynamics is much more important, and raw power is much more important than weight so like that ratio is really cool and i think that's where i get tripped up a lot of times because i have a a ratio like a a watt per kilogram that would put me in an a category race but then my raw watts because i'm i'm a lighter guy it's it's really not up there so like i just get dumped on in crit races it's very hard to hang but i'm i'm getting better at them so I'm, i'm hoping that maybe pretty soon i can more consistently start to race the a's yep uh, I think that's, yeah, uh, just to kind of move on to the next thing, USA Cycling oh, yeah. has has increased their prices for the licenses again. Yeah, in, in, some, in some news. I feel, like we, we, I feel like this is such a cycle of us talking about USA yeah. Cycling, but I have actually canceled my cycling membership. Yeah, it's, um, it's just unreal, dude, like... I, and I, I get it. If people consistently listen to our podcast, you know, like they're probably like, these guys are just ranting and raving again about USA cycling. And like, fair enough. Like we do that, uh, sometimes a little bit too much, but like a hundred dollars for an annual race license is absolutely insane. The inflation rate of these licenses is ridiculous. And I'm, I'm really, it's just such a bummer because as a racer, like you're not getting anything more from these increases. I mean, I, I can't tell you one benefit that I'm receiving over the last five years from it going from 60 to 80 to now a hundred dollars. They're not, they're not lowering the cost per event for each of the crits I go to. Um, in, in my opinion, I think they know that the people that are really into really into cycling, really into racing they're no matter what they're going to pay the price, right? They're not going to like, ditch their license because it goes up 20 more dollars a year but i mean come on it's already an expensive sport and i feel like this money is really not going to make a better experience for the the average local racer who who is the average usa cycling member let's be honest yeah honestly the thing for me is i think just the industry or the sport in general seems to just be pushing up the barrier of entry yeah which like it's already not a cheap sport to do so at any kind of aspect that you're increasing the price you're eliminating people and you know 5ks and half marathons and marathons are thriving because it costs it's it's the cost of a pair of shoes shorts and a t-shirt absolutely. you know and, and, and then a 50 dollar entry fee to a marathon or half marathon which has ex- insanely insanely good support you know yeah. And, and you know what? I totally agree. Like it, there is a cost, a barrier to entry that just gets keep keeps getting raised and raised and raised. And it would be it would be a lot different. I'd be absolutely happy to pay that hundred dollars if USA Cycling was like, hey, look, you were trying this new thing. We're going to give each race promoter like a, a small fleet of like cheap road bikes. And there's going to be like a hard beginner class that people can try out. And we're, hey, we're trying to get more people into crit racing or we're trying to get more people into road racing or mountain bike racing or whatever. But that money is just being used most of the time to, I, I don't know, send some like 13-year-old junior to win junior world champions on, on you know, the road. And then, that, and then we never hear about them 
ever again. It's like because they get burnt out by seventeen. Yeah, it, it's like the Olympic program, the World Cup program, the like the elite athlete program. You're never going to like spontaneously. You're never going to like improve those those elite athletes by just dumping more money into these programs. It's like, you have to have more of a foundation of cycling. Like you just have to have a lot of people that are into bikes. Like, I mean, look at some of the countries that, you know, routinely outperform the U S in cycling. It's not because that they, their federation dumps ungodly amounts of money into their, their elite athletes. It's because there's a culture of cycling and bike racing and it's foundational. It's not built from the top down. And I think it's just like a big disappointment that USA Cycling keeps squeezing like blood from a rock when it comes from their members, which to be honest, that's not really a good analogy because most people in a cycling have money. But again, you know, like not everybody's a, a rich master's rider. Yeah. The, the people that have the money to afford all that stuff are the people that are kind of outside the prime of racing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if the next year we see another $20 increase and these licenses get up to being 150 to $160 a year. Cause like we've mentioned, you know, people want to race, people like bike racing and they'll gripe about it. They'll complain about it. We'll probably do the same thing, Ryan. We're probably going to want to do some crits this year and we're probably going to end up having to pay that license fee. But I think eventually it's going to get to the point where people are like, yeah, I'm not going to get into this and they're going to lose a lot of uh, members and a lot of revenue and I don't know, man, something's got to replace this, this insanely expensive, um, bureaucratic way of managing races. Yeah. On, on the same side too, like if, like the Project Echelon League, if e-racing becomes a bigger thing, you know, and I'm focusing on triathlon next year, sure. I'm not, I'm not above just doing e-racing. Yeah, you know, I mean, to to get my racing like, fix. Like we talked about, it's super fun. It's very addicting. It's something that you can get better at, and it's free. I mean, it's there's no cost, dude. We bought. We already had our trainers. Like we're we're set to go. If it if it saves me a couple thousand dollars a year to get my fix from e racing as opposed to real road racing, yeah, man, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like maybe that's what I'm gonna do too. Yeah, minus, I mean, minus triathlon. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's kind of interesting, too, because the actual you can actually practice the racing, you know, right. without without giving an arm and a leg to doing all the races like the best racers are people who can do 30 to 50 races races a year. Right. That that's a that's a lot of money. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think I made this point to you as well, Ryan, but like, I, I don't know, man, the the kind of like audacity of. You've got everybody like not racing this year because of COVID and a lot of people are getting, it's like a great way to get into Zwift racing. Like this is kind of like a big boom for Zwift racing. And a lot of people that were on the road that never would have even considered trying Zwift racing are trying Zwift racing. And then USA cycling is like, yeah, we're going to raise all of our membership prices. I feel like that couldn't be worse timing in terms of like people that are into like e-racing being like, I guess I'm just going to stick with this. I'm just going to do e-racing. Yeah. And I mean, I think the USA triathlon, the, the licenses there are like, I want to say they're only like 50 or 75 bucks. And we also did, but they, did, but they haven't moved. It, it's been that price for a while. Yeah, And we did, uh, we signed up for USA BMX this year. Those memberships were $60 
and you got a lot more benefits i feel like from that membership than you did from they have to USA they have to build tracks for that they kind of it's way more expensive dude the racing was 15 dollars at like a, a like a national level track for an average set yeah it's like you can't like if you're looking for people that are just trying to find a cool way to race bikes like they're gonna go elsewhere like they're not gonna road bike yeah wow i don't know it's yeah. it's so flawed and it's clear that other areas of the sport can do it for significantly cheaper so i mean take bmx for example like bmx and mountain biking definitely has the younger generation right you know there road racing has to somehow tap into that yeah crit racing is cool honestly like they it's just as fun as mountain biking and just as fun as bmx but it's it's just not attracting the people at the cat five or the younger level. Yeah, absolutely. And, and making it more expensive or, or, I mean, even to like, you know, like putting more into like the, the Olympic and development programs. Like, uh, I mean, I think everybody kind of looks at the Lance boom and they're like, Oh man, Lance was winning the tour. It was a great decade for cycling. It brought so many people into cycling. Like that's really what was great for the sport. Yeah, that's true, but, like, that's him winning the tour. Like, anything short of that, like, nobody cares about. Even if we had an American that won the Giro, an American that, like, you know, came up through the USA Cycling Program and won a super prestigious race, like, it's got to be the tour or else it's not going to put more people on bikes. You know what I mean? And isn't that, like, the whole point, right, to kind of, like, get people into cycling and, like, build build that foundation of, people that are into bikes and even looking at like the current roster of Americans that are great. I mean, I can think of one rider, right. And that's Sepp Kuss, who yep. is currently absolutely killing it as a domestique. Maybe he'll get his time someday to be a leader at the grand tours. Who knows? Um, but again, I, I don't even think Sepp Kuss, I mean, Sepp Kuss definitely did his fair share of national championships, but he was a mountain biker. So like, you know, he didn't even come up through that like same development program. Which is hilarious because the one guy who is like at the top level didn't even go up through the ranks of USA Cycling. Yeah, right. Exactly. He wasn't racing in Belgium at age like 16. Like that's that's not what he was doing. So, yeah, again, you know, people that listen to the podcast, they're familiar with these different rants and the raves. Uh, I think everybody can agree that USA Cycling is just a, a crazy bureaucracy that has to get like changed or or mended or what or somehow something right to just make it more more accessible and less less expensive for the the average cyclist Mm -hmm. yeah i agree all right uh i think that does it for us rick any last thoughts no ryan i think we covered it all uh we're gonna keep doing some more e-racing we're gonna keep talking about that um you know i don't know ryan we kind of talked about this i'm just putting this out there uh, maybe we create a little bit of a discord and, and put some days in the calendar. If people want to race with us, they can, they can join in and uh, hang out. I like that idea. Yeah. We should create a discord. All right. I'm going to get to it right after this. And uh, all right. Perfect. For all you listeners and all you e-racers, keep on the lookout. If you want to race with us, if uh, you want to just hang out. Um, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll post that up pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can follow us on all your favorite socials, Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter, at bike race weekly and we'll keep you updated on what we got going on um but yeah for me ryan that's all that's all i got you got anything else before we go that's it for me uh thanks for listening everyone 
check us out next week. We'll have another podcast up next week as well. Uh, check out our Instagram, our Facebook, past episodes. Give us a subscribe. That's about it. Cool. All right. We'll catch you later, everybody.